listening to the Get the Pancake podcast, helping volleyball coaches have their best season yet. Hi, coaches. This is Whitney from the Get the Pancake podcast, a podcast for volleyball coaches. Today, we're going to be talking about teaching communication to your volleyball team. This is always an important topic because it is so frustrating when players don't communicate. We have dropped balls or setters setting to absolutely no one, hitters taking a big swing straight into the middle of the block, just to name a few instances of a lack of communication. What's most frustrating is that there's something that players could say literally before, during, and after every single contact. It would help the teammates, help the team. So why don't our players talk? Well, if you're feeling frustrated by a lack of communication with your team, don't worry. This is something that every single coach experiences and also something that every coach gets frustrated with. But I found that by taking a step back and really looking at communication, big picture, we can sort of break it down and really understand why there's a lack of communication. And it's not just because our players don't want to talk. Yes, I've been that coach saying, talk, why don't you guys talk? Communicate. I've been that coach. And I'll probably say it again in the future. But that doesn't really help. (laughs) Just telling our players to talk without any rhyme or reason doesn't really make sense to them, especially at the younger ages. Now, maybe older players, we can We can yell at them a little bit, but let's just say freshman age players and under, or even older players that just don't have any past experience, they're not going to understand what that means. But this is a skill that we need to work on with our teams because if they're talking, then we have fewer chances for errors. You'll see better teamwork and your players can really start to focus on skills and performing instead of worrying about how to play the game. In addition to just playing better, loud teams are pretty intimidating, which is always a nice benefit to have during competition. I don't know about you, but whenever I walk into a gym and there's a team just like screaming and calling the ball and talking constantly during a rally, I get a little worried. (laughs) I love it when that's my team, but when it's a different team, I'm like, oh, these guys know what they're doing. So to help you get your teams talking more, I wanted to first go over why players don't talk in the first place. Then I'll go through a couple of in-game examples and we'll talk about what players need to say, how to teach them, and et cetera, et cetera. Okay, so why don't players talk in the first place? Well, especially at the youngest ages, they don't know what the heck they're supposed to be doing. To the average spectator, volleyball probably doesn't seem that complicated, but once you start coaching or if you're a player, you know there's a lot going on. Not only are the forms of contact not always the most intuitive, like setting. Setting is not a normal thing that people do with a ball. Same with passing. Who else hits the ball off of their forearms? So there are a lot of things that are very specific to volleyball, in addition to all the different rotations that we have to keep in mind, defense that we have to keep in mind, and 
now you want players to talk too, like they know what they're doing. I'm sorry, but that is going to be a challenge beyond the most basic communication. So an example of when they don't know what they're supposed to be doing. Let's say that maybe you're a 12U or 13U coach and you've got Jasmine and Addison in the back row and the serve goes directly in the middle of them. Who should get it? Well, first off, you need to know who should get it. You have to have that defined for yourself. And there are different trains of thought on that actually. So just figure out what works for you, but who should get it if it's right in the middle? Now, if you don't know, that's a huge problem. You can't get mad at them if the ball drops. Um, but if you know, but they don't know, because sometimes, let's be honest, sometimes we forget to communicate these small details with our players until we see it happen in a game. And yelling about it one time in a game when we haven't worked on it in practice is not going to solve the problem most of the time. That's something that you need to practice. So if you get to a tournament and get to a match and you have issues with that, you can try and put a Band-Aid on it, but you're probably going to have to really practice it a few times in practice before it becomes natural to your players to know what to do. So how can we expect them to call it if the ball goes in the middle and they don't know who's supposed to get it? The second reason they might not be communicating, they might not know what to say. So in serve-receive or anytime we're passing, it's pretty simple. Just a classic mine, 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 I go, I go, me, 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 whatever you want to say, however many times you want to say it, as long as they're loud, I think that's fine. Going back to our serve receive, Jasmine and Addison, let's say you want Addison to get it. If she at least knows that, she'll go for it, but there could still be an issue if she doesn't call it because Jasmine might question whether Addison is going for it or not. So make sure they know what to say in those different situations. Next, they might not call it because they don't have confidence that they're going to say the right thing or do the right thing. Hypothetically speaking, let's say Jasmine's in left back and Addison is in middle back. And you might want, if the ball is in the seam or right in between left back and middle back, maybe you want middle back to get it. However, Jasmine's the libero and you also want the libero to take the ball if it's close to them. So now you have some conflicting rules that you've given your players. So maybe Addison thinks, well, I'm on the right side and I'd have a good angle at getting it, but Jasmine's the libero and the libero is supposed to get it if it's close to her, what should I do? And Jasmine might just be thinking the reverse. And so there's a lack of confidence in what to do. And that's when, again, you as the coach need to constantly be talking about prioritizing how to make those decisions in practice. Because this is when we see conflict between players and finger pointing. We also have players who are half calling the ball and then not actually going for it or really quiet communication. It's like, well, I said something and then you as the coach say, yeah, maybe your mouth moved, but nobody heard you call the ball at all, which is the whole point. So, so far we've said the reasons that the players on your teams might not be talking is they don't know what the heck's going on. They might not know what to say. They don't have confidence that they're going to say the right thing. And then lastly, sometimes things just happen too quickly for them to process. And that's especially when they're still learning. If you're a past player who is now coaching, you have to understand that your brain works a lot faster volleyball-wise than these players. They might be worried about their footsteps or the person next to them getting mad if they pass it. Who knows what's going through their brain? But they've got a lot going on other than, 
oh, this is coming to me. I need to take it and I need to call the ball. So I mentioned that there's something that we can literally be saying before, during, and after every single contact. I'll give you a couple of examples of things that we might expect our beginning and intermediate players to say, or at least, you know, start introducing them to. And we'll talk about what to say and how to make sure they know to say those things. So for example, let's say we're in serve receive. Um, I know we kind of think of reading the other team as something that's a little complicated, but with serving, we have a lot of time to process. And there's actually a three-day serve receive drill progression um, that I will link to in the notes because it talks about how to read the server. And so let's just say that the opposing team lines up they're getting ready to serve and they're facing down line. So they're facing what would be our zone five, our left back. Our players can start to say, you know, watch line, deep server, watch the short serve if we have a space or um, I've got line. A lot of times just before play starts, just having players say what they're responsible for and maybe using their arms to gesture around them is a great way to clarify who gets what every time you're in serve receive. So let's say I'm in left back and I might say like, I've got line, Jennifer, you've got anything past this point. You can talk to other people and clarify like, I've got this, you've got this, right? Or um, I've got short, you got deep. I know some coaches are against players telling other players what to do. Um, but I'm not, so that's gonna be one of my examples. And then as the serve's coming over, you know, my, my, mind, short, 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 watch deep, in, out, especially if it's close to the line and you think it's going in, just a quick in, 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 in to give that player confidence that yes, they should go for the ball. Even if you're not really sure or follow it, follow it, that way they know like, okay, it's really close. I need to run up next to the line and use my judgment to make that call. And then of course, mind my mind as you're making contact. So that was serve receive. And we talk about reading where the server is going to serve, understanding who's responsible for which part of the court, and just having the confidence to make those decisions. This is all taught in practice. I have another article that I'll link in the show notes on getthepancake.com for you to go and read through. It's about how to set up different situations so that players start to learn how to read what's going on and make decisions about what's going to happen. So it takes things from very controlled to game-like. I forget the name of that article or if it's a podcast, but I will include a link in the notes. Now moving to setting. Sometimes coaches want to have their teams call the ball when they're the setter. Sometimes they don't. I'd rather have them say something, especially when you're just getting started because those middles like stay, stand in the middle of the court and not get out of the way. And so at least if they hear the setter coming, um, I mean, same with every other player, not to pick on middles, but their position just naturally places them in, in the way a lot of the time. So have the setter talk so that everyone else knows where the setter is or they're calling help if they absolutely need someone else to step in and take that second ball. And then they can call the set if they want. They can call the player that they're setting to. Older teams, probably not gonna wanna do that because then you're giving away what you're setting. But at the younger ages, it, in my opinion, doesn't really matter that your setter could be yelling outside, outside, outside and it's not really gonna make a huge difference. 
They might be a little tiny bit more prepared, but again, I don't really think it's gonna make a huge difference. And if anything, it's gonna help your outside actually be ready for the hit. Now, when we're hitting, moving on, obviously we're calling for the set to come our way. That lets our setter know, I'm ready. This is what I wanna hit, set it to me. And then as they're going up for the hit, this one we don't really want them calling mine, 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 unless the set wasn't great and it's in between two people, then you want the person who has the better angle to be like, no, 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 I got it, or me, me, me. And then our setter could also be yelling tight, tight, tight if the ball is too close to the net, or they could be yelling you're off if the set was further from the net than they were expecting. This allows the hitter to adjust their approach and make better decisions with their attack. Your passers could be yelling line, line, line if line is open. It's gonna be a little higher up once your players start to control the ball, but you can still have your passers call it. Your hitters don't necessarily have to listen to them and do exactly what they say, but that's a good skill to introduce early and have them work into it. It doesn't have to be perfect every time, but trying to make that call and trying to make that adjustment and trust your passers who are making that call for you, whether they're calling line or cut, like cut down the net, two up, which would mean two blockers are in front of you, like don't hit it right into the middle of the block. Um, and also yelling cover if, again, sorry middles, but if that middle gets stuck just watching, reminding them like, hey, we might get blocked, drop down and make sure that you're covering the hitter. And these are all things that your players are not going to know. It's going to be very hard for them to pick up and you're gonna have to spend time teaching them every single one of those things that I just threw out there, which is a lot. <laughs> so if you had a tournament where nobody was talking, good news, there's a lot that you can start working on. And I have some techniques for getting your team to talk more. I'll include a link to that article also on Get the Pancake. But I guess just to summarize what I've shared with you in this episode is that there's a lot that you can say, a lot of it comes down to personal preference. So you need to come up with your communication guidelines before you expect anything from your players. Communication guidelines as well as, you know, I mentioned who passes the ball that is in between two players. That's a really common one. Come up with what you want to have happen in that situation, have a reason for it so the players understand, and then set up drills to teach them to use that decision-making while practicing their communication. So if you hear yourself yelling, talk, 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 why aren't we talking? I really want you to go back to the drawing board, look at what you've taught them, read the article that I mentioned about um, techniques for teaching your players what to say, and just make sure that we're encouraging and also patient while they're learning because they are younger, they have no clue what's going on usually, <laughs> there's a lot to learn, and it's just gonna take time, positive reinforcement, and it will all come together with experience. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Get the Pancake podcast. Be sure to check out getthepancake.com for coaching worksheets and forms. Have things like tryout evaluation forms, just player evaluation forms if you wanna use those during private lessons to help give more feedback to your players. I also have some drills there for private lessons if that's something that you're interested in doing, be sure to check out the worksheets on getthepancake.com. Thanks again, and I hope to have you back next week for another episode. Mm -hmm.